Good morning, good morning. How's everybody? If you're visiting, I just want to say welcome. Uh, we're so glad to see you here. We hope that you feel welcomed as you show up. And, and, uh, and if this is your home church, we're glad you're here. I'm excited summer's here today, as of yesterday. And then I walked in and there's snow on the on the screen. Man, the Holy Spirit's moving already. And I and I just feel I just feel like we need to invite the sun in. So he's here and he's already moving, but can we just lift our hands together? Son of God, we invite you to come and blow, to come and have your way, to do what only you can do. So this morning, as we turn our gaze to you, as we, as we worship you together, as we praise you, as we celebrate what you've done, Holy Spirit, move and have your way. Blow through this place. Move through this place. And we're going to jump back into worship, and I just want to invite you, just, just open your heart. Open your heart. Be open to what God wants to do in you this morning. We're, we're, we're at a crossroads right now. And, uh, and there's this thing and this theme coming up over and over and over this morning. And, and, and we're at a crossroads at this moment. And there's this idea that I'm going to try to explain. And if I do a terrible job, please have grace for me. But there's this idea that uh, uh, I spent a lot of time with teenagers. And as adults, we all do it too. where we put a picture on Instagram, and if it doesn't get the exact amount of numbers of likes that we want, we think there's something wrong with us, right? And the concept is, is we get co so caught up on, on ourselves that we forget the truth. Because regardless of how many likes I have on Instagram, I'm still a son of God. I still have an identity. I still know who I am. But sometimes when the Holy Spirit's moving, we're so caught up on ourselves that he can't do what he wants to do because we're caught up in our problems. And, 
And so I feel like we're all at this crossroads where we can say, you know what, God, I got this going on, but I'm going to let it go. And you know what, Holy Spirit, you blow in my life and do what you want to do. Or we can sit back and say, okay, my problems are bigger than my God. And so I just want to to challenge everybody here, whether you're in your seat or you're at the back or you're up here, to just get out of your own head and allow God to move how he wants to move. And and if you're visiting, we do church a little bit different and, and, and sometimes we sing songs and sometimes we just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in whatever you're going to do. Um, so if, if, if this morning is a little bit different for you, you know what? That's okay. So actually Jim shared something that I, I want him to come share, but I just want to encourage you that wherever you're at, whatever life problems are going on, whatever things are happening, just focus on our God is big. (laughs) Our God is powerful. And our life is not about us. It's... uh very interesting. Moses, uh, in, in the Old Testament, we think of Moses as the guy who gave the law, right? Moses is the law. He represents the law. And so what did Moses think about the Holy Spirit, about being moved by the Spirit? I mean, this is the guy who's about the law, right? We think, we think he was the guy about if you just do it the right way, but he wasn't. Let me read this to you. This is uh, from Exodus 33. One day Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You've told me, I know you by name and I look favorably on you. Look, if it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. This is Moses. He says, how will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth. The, 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 the guy who, who spoke out the law, who gave the, you got the law from God, understood We've got to go where his spirit goes. And where his spirit doesn't go, we don't go at all. So let's follow his spirit this morning. Let's, let's agree we don't go anywhere that his spirit isn't leading us. In Jesus' name. So quick picture. You've seen those aerodromes. They've got a big fan below a grill and it's glass cages. And the people step in and the wind is blowing. And if you stand straight up, you stay standing. But if you lean and if you spread out, suddenly you lift off. This morning is a unique expression of the Holy Spirit to lift off. But that means you've got to lean. You've got to get off balance a little bit. You've got to stretch out a little. You've got to try some things you've never tried before. Move, speak, sing, spirit songs. Reach a bit with your faith. Try something you haven't done in a while. Try something you've never done. It's time to lean into the Spirit. 
This is a now moment. A now moment. Let it go. I remember reading the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And he made a distinction between what we think might look, that being filled with the Spirit might look like. He said it's not like a glass where you fill it up and then it just sits and holds water. But he said it's more like a sail and the wind coming and catching the sail and propelling us and leading us and pushing us to where we are to go. So today, let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's set up our sail and allow him to take us where he would lead. Found it. Hey, Lenny. So, uh, Polly asked me to introduce Lenny. Um, what, what can I honestly say? Uh, well, truly, right? So, Lenny, I'll say a couple, just context. Lenny is a, uh, you guys know IHOP? Have you heard of IHOP, the pancake house? Great, like they're just waffles. There's another IHOP called the International House of Prayer, and it has, it has pulled weight in the nation of the United States for decades, and, and, tru- and the world, truly. And Lenny, actually, this man here, happens to be a senior executive leader at IHOP. Bet you didn't know that. There's just the, Lenny just does kid stuff. Actually, he pulls a ton of weight. That to say, this is what I love about Lenny, and Lenny's done kids ministry for 38 years. Something like that. Here's what I love about Lenny, and here's how I want to prepare Lenny. Lenny doesn't care about a single one of those accolades that I could give him. It's truly what I love about him. Lenny has a heart of humility, and Lenny is a man that truly... And it it impacted me about a year ago when you came to our church. Jenna was doing a lot of kids' ministry, and I'm like, oh yeah, Jenna's doing stuff. And Ben, you should come when Lenny comes. Lenny starts talking about the purpose of God over our children. And when you have 38 years speaking with all of the fat trimmed and just going after the heart of what the Father wants, I actually start, even now I feel like I want to, I started crying. And something actually in that moment shifted in me forever because of this man, because of what comes out of him. And he, he's not flashy, he's not loud or whatever, but he just carries the truth. And I love him and I honor him for it. So body, can we welcome Lenny and just receive him this morning? Wow. Can you send that tape to my wife? Seriously. I want to ask my brother back here to put the scripture up that I gave him, John 15, 15. It's going to be the context of, of what I share. Um, excited about being here. Excited about you. I, I have zero desire, zero motive to come here and promote a camp or promote a ministry or even promote the place that I had the privilege of serving in, uh, International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Uh, my whole desire, all my motive, is centered around coming and lifting the hands of this spiritual family in relationship to the next generation, a generation that can walk in power now, presence of the Lord now, can experience encounter now, 
but also be driven so deep that they would never, ever walk away from the faith, right? Amen? I mean, we're celebrating with millions of people today worshiping the Lord, and I love this here today. I loved your your exhortation, bro. It was right on, you know, lean in, you know, because that's what we're going to do all week. And uh, welcome to the first session of our camp. No, really. Oh, welcome. I mean, we had to get you here somehow. So we threw you on a Sunday morning. I'm serious. You know, we threw you on a Sunday morning. They let me come. And it's uh, been a busy summer, but I, I'm not here to do anything that would promote us or do anything for us. We live as missionaries, and so we rely on the strategic purposes of the Lord to be able to go places and to be able to have people so into us. And uh, I happen to love that uh, only because I get to sow into the body of Christ in terms of helping families and helping churches understand the relationship that they can have with their children. Uh, I want to just talk to you briefly, and then we're going to pray. I I do have something on my heart for you as a spiritual family, but I I want to let you in on a little bit of what we're going to do this week. We have about 10 sessions. Uh, Tuesday night, we are going to ask that anyone sick in body, anyone sick in any way, anyone sick, sick and tired, I don't care. We, we like going to call all cars, all the sick, no matter what, uh, really to come here. And that whole day, I will be training the children uh, in a clinic that would allow them to go forth and pray for the sick, sick in body on Tuesday night. So we want you to come. We'll have it very organized. And uh, if you know folks that are out there, uh, please let them know. Encourage them. You know, buy them dinner. Say, hey, let's go to dinner. And on the way home, let's stop by the church here for prayer because your broken body, God desires to heal. And I'm not going to teach it to the children in such a way that they feel responsible for the healing I'm going to teach it in, certain, in, in, in such a way that they become the messenger of what the Holy Spirit wants to do, like my brother said, because the Holy Spirit has one assignment. That's it, one assignment. Not to find me a parking spot, not to even make me better, but to make Jesus known, amen? To make Jesus famous, to make Jesus known. And so we're going to train the children to pray uh, in the ministry and presence of the Holy Spirit in their life so that why? They get a spiritual appetite. The most important thing that we can do, moms and dads, grandpas and grandmas and friends and, and mentors and coaches and whoever, whatever else the body of Christ gives us as a title, the best thing we could do is to put ourselves in a place where we develop a spiritual appetite in the lives of the boys and girls and the young people that God has assigned to us. I have felt very strong ever since coming here that there are children and young people assigned to this place not yet here. Not yet here. And everything starts with a blessing, you know. And so I, I want to focus uh, this short time that I have on the friendship of God in a child's life because I believe if they get that, and uh, you probably have it up on, the, on the, the, the overhead, but it says, no longer do I call you servants because a servant would not know all about what the master does. But I have called you friends to everything that I have heard 
from my Father I have made known to you. And that's what I want drilled deep into the lives of our families, into, into the lives of leaders, into the lives of children. Yeah, it's been three and a, uh, over three, three and a half decades of just showing up, you know, when no one else wants to, to work with the children. Uh, but I want to let you in on something. I, I was never called to children's ministry. I was never assigned. You do the youth. <laughs> the last thing God did was sign you to youth ministry. He signed you to a generation. He assigned us to a generation, and the vehicle just happens to be youth ministry and children's ministry. I thought children's ministry a long time ago was where they sent you when they didn't want you to lead anymore in the body of Christ, where they didn't want you to be. And the youth ministry is usually the stepping stone to another position, right? I'm kind of stuck because I've had so many opportunities to go do different things and other things in the body of Christ, but I've held the line, you know, they say. I fell the line and keep working with these children and raising them up. Why? So that they would recognize the counterfeit at a young age. Because the counterfeit is coming. And you're in a critical place as a nation. You're in a critical place. I don't need, you don't need another sermon on that one, right? We're in a critical place too. This is on tape, so I won't tell you what I think about what place we're in. You know, but like I think America's being held together by duct tape, you know, and a uh, bunch of gangsters, you know, in some ways. And, you know, but we're, we're, on, we're in a reprieve. And, and I believe that God, way back when, began to speak to the body of Christ here in this nation relating to the children that will be growing up, needing to recognize the counterfeit. And how do they do that? They embrace the encounter of Jesus and the passion for Jesus at a young age. And that's what we're going to do this week. That's what we're going to do this week. So I'm excited about this. So please come to be prayed for. If you're not sick, make something up. You know, just don't confess that over you. I heard you share the Benny Hinn thing. I don't want to, like, curse you, you know, or whatever. I know that, that, that's not good. But, I, I mean, let's get together and, and come and be blessed by the children Tuesday night because... I believe we're in a Psalm 8 moment with the next generation. Out of the mouths of children, you have ordained praise. And we know those scriptures. And out of the mouths of children, you have ordained praise and strength. Ordained praise and strength. That little infant that oohs and ahs, you know, has ordained praise. Just because you can't understand the words and I can't understand the words, it says that that praise will even go forth into our communities, into the regions and into nations, and silence the voice of the enemy. What we're going to do Tuesday night and throughout this entire camp is we're going to silence the voice of the enemy by coming together and worshiping the Lord. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I love your pastor and his wife, and I love the spiritual family here. I, I consider this a place uh, of my own when I come. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't like the airplane right here. It is the bumpiest thing you could ever want to have happen out of Kansas City to Denver to here, but I'm excited about being here. So I want you to embrace this word in the scriptures, 1515, John 1515. This is what I want you to pray for all week long, that we would do something in our sessions that would allow the young people to understand that they are a friend of God, that they're not just programs, 
It's not a kid's ministry. It's not just a cute thing. And I believe, believe as we go forward, we need to change our mind and change our paradigm a little bit in terms of how we really do think. I want to challenge this spiritual body to no longer consider ministry to children as a children's ministry. Yeah, it is. Got to have it on the sign. Got to have something for the kids. Yeah, I get all that. But to God, it's, it's more than just a perk. It's more than a perk that the church offers. And almost all places across the body of Christ, they have ministry to children. They have ministry to youth. But it's seen as a perk, such as a perk that you would get if you had a great job. You would, you would have benefits, right? You know, uh, some of us are saying, that'd be nice, you know, or whatever. But, you know, you have perks, and there are certain perks. Well, I tell you what, the children and the young people of a church is not a perk. It's their future. It's their future. And we have to change the way we think about it. Because traditionally, we look at it like, well, we have to do this. And while we're worshiping the Lord with hundreds of thousands and maybe millions of people across the body of Christ on a Sunday, children are stuck in the basement. They're like over here in a room and what have you. And so they need to be there. I didn't invent that. I'm not necessarily even against it. But what I feel is happening here with this leadership team and where I'm going with our, 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 our signs and wonder camps is, and our kingdom kids camps is I'm looking at us paralleling, paralleling with the church the good things God's doing and creating a Psalm 78 moment where what we've heard from of old, what our fathers have told us, spiritual, natural, whatever, all those things, we will not hide the things of God from our children. That has to be our battle cry. Everything that happens on this carpet up here, this little floor here, I like this floor, by the way. It's perfect. Should not be held back from our children. And so we're going to come this week and we're going to talk about the things of God. We're going to talk about hearing His voice. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about praise and worship. We're going to talk about His power. We're going to talk about hearing His voice forever. But if we do all that and just consider this as, well, this is the summer fun day. This is summer fun. we got to have a camp. Let's do our church camp, you know. No, we don't. Actually, I'm asking a lot of people across the body of Christ in my own prayers. I'm having God tell them I'm not calling them up. I mean, cut, cut it out, man. Just cut it out and get yourself in a place to where you really want to see boys and girls grow up and really take on the Great Commission, really embrace the Great Commission because they are part of God's plan. I was reminded last night, praying for this morning, about uh, the dream my wife had. Uh, I think it applies in Canada. I was able to come to Canada a long time ago with John Wimber. I was birthed uh, in uh, the vineyard with John Wimber after I, you know, uh, cut some ties with the Pope. I was serving the Pope up until about a certain age, and I still do love the people and love the Catholic. I'm telling you, I love it. I love it. I love it. The spirit-filled 
uh, things that are going on in the Catholic community and all across. If the Spirit's involved, I'm in. <laughs> and if the Holy Spirit that makes Jesus known is involved, I'm in. You know, I'm there. I'm going to be there. You know, but I, I was able to come to Canada. And uh, a long time ago, early on in my ministry up in Vancouver, and have several chances to come here before. But every time I come, I just feel this gag. The Lord actually gave it to me. It's a gag order. There's a gag order issued by the enemy over the children. There's a gag order. I saw more clear coming here than ever before. It's a gag order. It's to keep their voices suppressed. Keep their hearts just a little bit alive. Get them in enough of stuff to where they're going to just grow and be the normal kid. Well, I'm telling you, our children are going to grow. My little grandbabies are going to grow, and they're going to be 17 someday, 18, and they're going to be faced with some very, very serious things hitting the nation, right? So we want to capture that. And my wife kind of put it together when we were in a bit of a battle uh, with a couple of couples uh, who were having a bit of a battle between each other and what have you. And their, their minds were focused on what's in it for me kind of a thing. And he's making changes over here. And does that mean my position's going to be impacted, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It was that kind of setting, you know, where, man, we just, and I didn't have too, I didn't have all the, I don't even have it today. I better be careful. My wife will correct me. She'll call the phone right now. She'll hear the Lord right now. Say, why'd you say that? I, I still don't have the maturity and leadership that I want, but I'm trying. I'm swinging away, right? So are you. But it was just a tough time, and it was about me, and it was about what about me. And even to this day, you know, I'm, I, I'm crushed sometimes when at the International House of Prayer. I sit on the highest of, of the leadership structure, and, and I have ever since then. And, but we've made tons of changes to the org chart, right? Uh, there's tons of changes in the body of Christ. And, and it's always when you see those changes, you just always go, oh, I wonder what that's going to mean for me. I love what you said, man, about the, you know, it's all about us. It's, it's, it's totally all about how many likes and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and I, I just think it's time to put the children's faces in his face. And Facebook is really burying their head in his book, you know, his Facebook. And, and I believe that. But we have to lead. And we have to, in light of the hour that is here, in light of the hour that is coming, we have to answer the questions. How now shall we lead? What now shall we teach? How now shall we parent, and what song shall they sing? I'm going to be putting a pillar deep in the three days that I'm here centered around, you know, content, the gospel, you know, leadership, raising them up, you know, uh, their family, helping them obey their parents and obey and respect leadership, you know, and then, uh, of course, worship, and that's why... I'm so glad that, that I'm in this place doing this Kingdom Kid initiative with these worship leaders. Makes my day. Makes my day. But in this dream, Tracy had, all these children were preparing for a visitor. And all their parents were with them. And they looked really polished. They had all their their best suits on and their dresses and what have you. And the children were all dressed up and they were all polishing the silverware in the house and getting all the furniture ready and scrubbing the floors. And they knew that a visitor was going to come in and inspect the house. 
you know. And so that's the scene right there. The upstairs full of people just polishing and doing what they could to have this visitor come in and approve of them. And she said that in the dream she saw the visitor come and it was just an old ancient man. Just old as can be. And in her dream, she said that the visitor represented the Lord. And the people on the upstairs just wanted to say, hey, Lord, hey, God, hey, Father, look what we have done with your house. Look how nice. Everything is perfect. I guarantee if the banner up there gets crooked, somebody's going to notice, right? (laughs) And you'll fix it, right? Because we want it nice. We want it presentable. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because I got on her case a little bit. I go, well, there's nothing wrong with that. What do you want them to do? Find a dump? You want them to just come, you know. No, she said, listen, this is what happened. The guy comes in. The people find out that the man is there. I think this is really for the church in Canada, along with a couple other nations that I visit. I, I visit a fair amount of them, but, I mean, there's three or four that I really know this dream is, is, is important to the Lord that she had. So he comes in and he sees everybody lined up and they're all nice and they're all put together. And I may even have shared this last time, but I'm not sure. But the guy comes in and they're just all happy. Parents are there, children are there, grandparents, everybody's there. The pastors, the leaders, everybody's there. And they're like, look what we did. This is for you, God. And she said in her dream that the guy... The old man, he just walks right through the line, cuts in the line, finds the basement and goes downstairs in the basement. And when she saw the basement, the same children that were on the first floor were, were downstairs in a basement tied to the wall in chains, spiritually dehydrated. The same children that praise him at the altar, that praise him, you know, are downstairs chained to the wall, spiritually dehydrated. And what I really believe we need to do as a church is we need to cut those children free by putting ourselves in a place to where we would be able to say, hey, everybody, it's their house, too. It's their house, too. They're not a perk. They're not a benefit. In my heart, I really believe it's time to tell his story, not our story. That's what the Lord spoke to me while you were speaking, that it's time to tell his story, not our story. We're so consumed with telling our story, and our story is connected to affirmation and like and dislike and all that kind of stuff. And it's paralyzing, as you know, bro, and as you know, it's paralyzing a generation. So these camps take on a different face. This is just not a bunch of summer fun. It's going to be fun, because if it's not, it ain't coming back, you know, and you're not coming back. Okay, we get that. I plan for what helps us be in a good light for parents. I plan for that. But that's like one hour of my time. The rest is, what are we going to do to train up a generation to where they would come into the presence of the Lord and have an encounter? We're not having, an, we're not having a camp. We're having an encounter. It has nothing to do with camp. That's, a, that's just to get them here. That was a trick. No, really. That's what I, that's what I said to the Lord. Well, we have to do it. We got to do it. Everybody's got to go to camp. But when they get here, man, watch out. We're going to 
hopefully put ourselves in a place to where we, they would encounter the Lord. And we stand at a critical juncture in our nation's history and because I believe as a church we're not really embracing that we are really friends, that he is desiring to hold nothing back. We're not slaves, right? We're not, you know, it's not a master that we serve. We're friends, and we all get that. And I wrote down while you were talking and while we were worshiping, I go, it's, it's sort of like what I see here in Canada with the children. Is like, it's almost like the, the church and, and, and the folks are a little bit numb to the things of God. We're so busy trying to promote our ministries and promote this and promote that and get uh, you know, the right branding. I'm speaking of us <laughs> in Kansas City because, man, I'm going, oh, we're on tape and I can't say these things. Dang. But we're so busy and we're so consumed sometimes that how many minutes in a meeting do we really talk about what God did and how he moved and what he's doing and who's getting what, right? And so I'm really excited because the children are the testimony. It all starts with a blessing because we stand at a critical juncture today. And I wrote this down and printed this this morning. The Holy Spirit is visiting his people with power as darkness increases, the Holy Spirit is visiting His people. The light is getting brighter and as the darkness is becoming darker. I believe that we are just about ready to experience the greatest revival ever and the greatest crisis, right? We're in the brink of having great revival and great crisis. We're going to have to manage that as parents, as pastors, as leaders, as grandparents, we're going to have to manage that. That should bug me. Raising my grand... No, I told my girls yesterday we had a, a, a little birthday celebration for me, a uh, belated birthday. I said, I just want you guys to know, because my daughter got on my case. She goes, Dad, don't, don't let Aaliyah have that. I go, hey, you have to understand something. I was not a perfect parent. But I am a perfect grandpa. It, hey, there she is. She raised her hand back there. Good. I'm with you. High five. My point, my point, it should bug me. It should bother me that my, my grandchildren, my children even, your children, it should bug us a little bit that they're going to grow up. It should agitate us just a little bit. It should just concern us just a little bit that they're going to grow up with great revival and great truth. Malachi chapter 4, verses 4, 5, and 6. Great and dreadful day of the Lord. Great and dreadful. But there'll be a visitation in the spirit of the prophet Elijah, right? And that visitation is going to come to the body of Christ. I believe it. And it's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. It's going to turn the children's hearts to the fathers. My assignment is on the children's side. I want to turn them to the Father. Turn them in their families. That will be my assignment this week, is that I would be able to teach, along with partnering with the other teachers and leaders that are here, to see the hearts of the children turned to their natural fathers, to their spiritual fathers and mothers, natural fathers and mothers, but there would be a turning in their heart. But it's coming. And I look at it, behold, you know, in Isaiah 60 is going to be pillar for us this week. You can, you can jot this down in your heart and pray this. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. 
The glory of your family is going to be seen through your children in the days ahead because there's great trouble coming and great revival. It's going to be, but, but your children will be the, one that, the ones that stand and be able to understand the counterfeit, recognize the counterfeit. Because the Bible, the way it unfolds, right, the way the story ends is that there's going to be a great counterfeit. There's going to be works of justice. There's going to be the poor being taken care of. This spirit of the Antichrist and these Antichrist systems and the Antichrist, you know, whatever. We're not here to talk about that today. But I'm telling you, this system's coming. It's already here. It's in your place. It's in our place. And then there's Jesus. And, and the enemy and the enemy's going to, you know, <laughs> try do the same things. Good works, good deeds. And our children are going to see these things going on. And they're going to have a choice. And our grandchildren are going to have a choice. And they're going to stand back and they're going, man, that looks like him. Wow. Feeding the poor, doing this, people getting sick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that one over there. I'm going this way. Why? Because that is what I felt at nine years old. Because what we do now with them and how we feed their spirits and what we put into them as a spiritual diet is going to determine what they see and recognize and how they respond in the future. That's what we're doing in this first session of our Kingdom Kids Camp. We're giving it to you. And then we're going to come back tonight and we're going to start moving forward. And every session is going to progress on each session. And we're just going to not just do fun and games, however we will, but we're going to give him an opportunity to allow the children to experience him because he's so worthy. And that's the one thing I feel here. That's why I'm so excited about coming here and doing this after three and a half decades in this place right here. Because I just really feel that there is a gratefulness to the Lord that's here. And it's time for the people of God to look beyond a little bit of our quirks with each other and just get to the main point. Because we got a generation coming up underneath us, alongside of us and behind us, that's watching. And for most children in the body of Christ, they're just growing up. And I believe, you know, they're still in the body of Christ. We're still trying to figure out what went wrong. And we don't want the generation here coming to this camp, 80, 90 people coming to this camp, getting an encounter with God is going to spread to 80, 90,000 people in the decades ahead. It, it will. So I want to continue to move forward. I really believe with all my heart we'd have changed some things about the way we think about children, to continue to build as we have built in the past while the world we are trying to reach is drastically changing would mean that our religious blindness has put us out of touch with reality and the battle is intensifying. So I ask the question in light of the hour that we are in, in light of the hour that is coming, how now shall we lead? Romans 12 verses 5 through 8. I'll just read it to you. I want this to come into your heart because this isn't like a guest speaker coming to you and speaking. This is a, a family meeting here. And I, I really asked the Lord before, before I came up and last night and this morning that it would be a family meeting. And I sense that that was what's on your heart. Hey, family of God, come on, man. Let's lean in. 
you know, let's do that. So in Christ, Romans 12, 5 through 8, I printed it out. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it to the proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let's not stop. <laughs> let him give generously. Here's where we come in. If it is leadership, if it is leadership, let us govern diligently. What we want to do with this camp, Kingdom Kids Camp Encounter, because we call it a camp, but what it really is, is it's sort of an initiative, an intensive, it's a conference, because we're going to mark them. We're going to mark them. We're going to raise them up to understand leadership. And what does that mean based on the scripture? That there will be spiritual government influencing these next four days. Tonight, Monday, Tuesday, ending Wednesday night. There'll be spiritual government. And that's what I really think matters to the Lord. That we're not just coming to do summer camp because our denomination or our church needs to do it. But we really are coming under the authority of God. Spiritual government of this place. And when I, when I say that about IHOP, sometimes I'm looking at spiritual government. Are you kidding me? We don't even know where we're going. You know, but we're together and we're still in it and we're swinging away. Right. And so are you. I believe uh, second Kings uh, chapter six. I wrote this down for us today. Elisha and his servant. I believe we have to change the way we see what's coming. So we're not, you know, pushed into it and fear comes and we retreat. I, I think we got to get another set of glasses on. I think we need to allow the Holy Spirit today to shift out our lenses so that we would see through the eyes of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. This, the children are going to pray for tons of sick people here this week and, and with each other. And all they're going to say, we're not teaching them major prayers. If one or two of them or 10 of them or 20 or 200 of them or whatever goes off and starts doing what they do with them. I'm not getting in the way of that. Out of the mouths of children, you have ordained praise. Why would I want to stop that? I'll put myself under that. But I believe with all my heart there's going to be children. They're going to just pray and learn simple prayers. Because in our society today, even within the church, we have these extroverts and introverts. We have this personality type we got that personality type we got we got all the we're teaching more about personality types and leadership in the body of Christ than we are trying to put fire on the tongues of the people that can actually pour forth the gospel into our neighborhoods and see people saved we got to not do that at this camp so we're going to teach him simple prayer Ben and I <laughs> he's going to sing it I'm going to say it we're going to sing it again and he's going to say it and then I'm going to say it, he's going to sing it. And then I might sing it, and he'll say, I'll sing it. But it's going to be, Holy Spirit, come. Make Jesus known in this body, in this life, in my family, in my life, in my siblings, in my school, in my neighborhood, in my church. Make Jesus known. Bring healing. In Jesus' name. That's the, that's the place I want to see the children. 
And I want you to write this on your heart to pray for. Pray for uh, three things. A spiritual appetite. That's what I want you to do. You were right, man. Uh, pray. Pray this week. <laughs> a spiritual appetite in the volunteers. Because, you know, we're going to have group leaders, right? But there'll be group leaders during the day to make sure that they cross the street and they're safe and all that kind of stuff, right? And you're going to say, amen, they are, you know, you better believe it or you have me to deal with. I know. I'm a perfect grandpa. And nobody messing around my grandkids, man. But when they get into this room right here, they're ministers. And so they might be group leaders outside of this building right here. But when they get into here and we step foot on this little Holy Spirit dance floor, they're going to be ministers. And so I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for spiritual appetite, that there would be something that clicks. We've already had some great testimonies. But I don't want to live on last year's testimonies, man. I kind of want to hear them. (laughs) I do. You know, oh, cool. Thank you. Could you tell that to my pastor? You know, could uh, kids come up to me sometimes and go, that was a a great sermon. I said, well, can you spread that across, you know, the land? But spiritual appetite and then for the leaders. Because we have a generation of young people that will be our leaders. And they're going to have the opportunity to pour into another generation. Not just as chaperones. Not just as youth leaders or whatever. But true spiritual men and women that would be able to impact another generation. Their their words are going to be life to the children. And if they're in here today or whatever, I, I want to stand and we'll pray for them in, in a little bit here before we go. But we will start off by really giving the leaders over the children their assignment. And that stuff is already here. And then number three, we pray for the spiritual appetite. We pray for their leaders who are ministers, group leaders by day, and ministers in the morning and night, right? And then the third one we pray for is hunger. Hunger for the spiritual diet. Thirst and hunger. I really want you to go after that this week. We need the intercessors. You know, we we need you to pray these things. Just make it three minutes a day, 20 seconds a day, and just pray. Pray that they would have spiritual appetite. That they would truly be filled, not as volunteers, but as ministers. That they would have their heart opened up. And I know that's your heart, and that's your desire, and I'm asking you to pray for it. And then I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to pray for spiritual hunger. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, Elijah and his servant, when being pursued by their enemies, when being pursued by the enemies, the servant could only say that he He basically saw enemy troops. He basically saw enemy troops with chariots surrounding the city. But Elisha had on a different perspective. Had different set of lenses on. He had lenses of faith. And I'm asking you to have faith this week in this camp. This is no ordinary kids camp. I saw a vision of the children in Canada. 
I saw them moving mountains in Canada. I saw the church in Canada yelling at the mountains, speaking to the mountains. And there's good in that, man. We need to. We need to deny ourselves, deny the enemy, and go after it. We need to speak this stuff in truth. But I saw the children at the first before this first camp happened last year. And I know it wasn't before the first camp. I had a couple of times I've been here, right? Trainings and stuff like that. I saw the children a couple years ago. I saw the children hitting the mountain, actually, moving into it with their shoulders. Well, we are yelling at it, get out of the way. These guys are getting prepared to hit it. And I saw, when they hit the mountain, I saw an army of children. I saw a hundred of them. I really believe there's a hundred to two hundred children somewhere in this nation coming to this camp, possibly, I'm by faith. They're going to change this nation. Because their voice will no longer be smothered. They're not going to just take on what we do and yell at stuff. Pray loud. <laughs> we got to do that. I love that. But they're going to say, Holy Spirit, come. Make Jesus known in my country. Bring healing to my country. Bring change to my country. Do what you do, Holy Spirit. You sang it. We sang it for like 40 minutes. It's <laughs> awesome. Do what only you can do. What is, what is it that he can only do? <laughs> he can make Jesus known. And that's what I want the children. So I saw the children in Canada. And basically, I just want to, before we pray, I just want to say that there are three things that I felt this morning that I, I called Jan up. I said, hey, you got to print these things for me. This is on this church and our season together. But we have a mindset that sees children as perks. We have a mindset that sees ministry to youth and children in the church as perks. And I believe that if we're going to have strong churches, we need to have strong children's programs. I I do believe that. I believe we need to have strong youth programs. But people, we need to understand, children and youth are not called to programs. They're called to people. We need to call forth a, a group of children and youth to a people of God that wants to not hide the things of God from them. But we have to change the way we think. We go back to Elijah and the servants. Elijah steps in, has faith, says, no, don't worry about it. And then after sharing that perspective, what happens? Chariots of fire all around the city, ready to take it, right? And I really believe that's the moment we're in. We have to get rid of the adult focus in our minds. In most churches, the emphasis is on teaching adults to live godly lives. Since adults are more developed intellectually, financially, and spiritually, they are viewed as more important to the work of the ministry. We got to get rid of that adult focus. It's their house, too. That's what the Lord gave me today in my wife's dream. We got to get rid of, uh, I can't do this until my own stuff's taken care of. I can't. We got this me generation, this adult focus. I, I, I did it in a training here to a bunch of leaders uh, over the last couple of years. But this adult-focused mindset that it's all about the adult ministry. I mean, let's face it, the children's ministries of our church, it's a cost center. The camp's a little bit of a cost center. A little bit. It's going to, you know, not going to, they don't tithe. I'll tell you what, man, if we do this right with our children, we give them kingdom perspective. We call out what's already theirs, the kingdom they're going to be the best tithers the church could ever seen, man, because people are going to flock to this place. 
you know, and open up their, their pocketbooks. But it's a me generation since the 60s. Adults have been focused on self-fulfillment in the body of Christ for the most part. Creating new age philosophies would justify a focus on self. This has created a whole generation of church members with a great need to see their own life succeed, causing a wasteland of children whose spiritual needs are left unmet. That was the basement. The me generation. That was the basement. And this man went down that, those stairs and he took out a machete and he started cutting those children away from those chains so that children wouldn't have to be dehydrated. They might look pretty in body, but their spirit and their soul was starving. And so we need to go after this adult focus. It's their house too, but the me generation. You may not be quite put together perfect before God calls you to have an assignment in the body of Christ. Okay? I'm playing hurt in three areas right now. If I was to be honest, transparent, you know, I, I'm, I'm desperately before the Lord. Come on, help me. Help me with this attitude. Help me with my critical spirit. You know, I'm, we play hurt, but we give it over to the Lord, right? And then, basically, the, the, the final thing that I want to share is out of Luke 18, when Jesus allowed the children to come to him. And if you guys would prepare to just play here, Ben, you guys can come back up, and, and we'll close with this. In this little family meeting, I just want to remind us that Jesus hijacked the meeting in Luke 18. If you believe, John 15, 15, that you're a friend and you believe that everything the Father made known to Jesus, he wants to make known to you. If you really buy that, buy into that, embrace that, then you'll see, you'll see Luke 18, 15 through 17 in a whole different light where Jesus hijacks the meeting. When the disciples saw the infants coming to Jesus, Luke says, they rebuked them. They rebuked them. Little baby, not happy right now, carried by grandpa or grandma to be near Jesus. The disciples stepped in and go, oh, could somebody get that child quiet? No, he hijacks it and says, no, let him come. He says, let him come. And what did he say? For theirs is the kingdom. And then he goes on and says, listen, don't hinder them, for theirs is the kingdom. Get the obstacles out of the way. That's what we're going to pray for right now. We're just going to have a a short prayer meeting before I turn this back over to my brother. And we're just going to pray that there would be the obstacles removed that are in the family's lives and in the children's lives. I know my brother sees this like I do, but there are a lot of children that are locked up. A lot of youth that are locked up because of what they feel others feel about them. And what I want to do is just go forth in a simple message this week and say, we want to tell you how he feels about you. That's what's going to happen tonight. Boys and girls, I just want to tell you what our father feels about you. And I'm the most unqualified guy standing before you to tell you. But I keep, I've kept swinging. And I know this church has kept swinging. 
and the best days are ahead. And I look forward to the future. But I want to say that he compared the kingdom to them. And he said, look, call forth what's theirs. So in a sense, yeah, it's a kingdom kids camp. But that's not a religious term. That's not a term that just says, oh, how cute. Oh, my gosh. Oh, ain't they cute? No, they're dangerous, actually. But the kingdom is theirs. So it is a kingdom kids camp. So what I'd like you to do is if, if you feel moved today and, and you're part of the team, because I'm asking you to be part of the team, I'm asking you to uh, pray today. And one more time before we leave, that we would just lean in. We would lean in. So if you feel led to stand, do. You want to sit, that's fine. Nothing real heavy here. But I, I want to go before the Lord for the children. It starts with a blessing. My wife and I are teaching a lot about blessing right now. She is, and I stole her notes. Seriously. A blessing is calling forth what isn't to be. It's calling forth what isn't to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a couple of blessings. We'll say, Father God, call forth the children to change the nation and the youth to change this nation because what isn't will be. That's one. When you, you are a parent, you're a grandfather, man, you got to have some fun days with that little grandson of yours. It's amazing. You're going to call forth what isn't to be. And you're going to be the one standing in the gap. So let's today, church, let's stand in the gap and call forth what isn't to be in the children. That they would not have their voices smothered any longer. I saw the spirit over children in Canada and a few other nations. A smothering covering is over their voices. You see, the enemy knows if the voices of the children can be silent, there's no praise. Right? Because what did Psalm 8 say? Out of the mouths of children, you have ordained praise, and that praise goes forth like never before and silences the voice of the enemy. Demons quit at the sound of children lifting their voice. So we're going to pray that blessing right now. The second blessing we're going to pray is that God would call forth what isn't to be in their families. No matter what their families are going for. Some children are going to stand, they're going to stand up there and they're going to wonder why their dad's not coming home. They're going to wonder why this is happening. And, and is it their fault? Is it not? We're going to help them with that. But I want to pray what isn't to be for the families. And then the third blessing I'm going to lead us in is to pray what isn't to be in the church through the children and the young people. Amen? So let's just focus on putting our hearts before the Lord in, in praise and worship. And then I'll just lead us in a simple prayer of blessing.
Father, we put our eyes on you. We fix our gaze on you. We ask you, Father God, first to bless this week. Thank you for our first session. I think it's gone somewhat okay, God, but thank you that you're calling forth in this camp what isn't to be. That this initiative, this intensive, this little leadership conference would be known for Jesus. Known for Jesus. So I ask you, Father God, to mark every child right now who will be coming. Let's just fix our gaze on Jesus right now, and then we will pray these three blessings. Yeah, just feel free to lift your voice. Just, just pray in the Spirit. Sing in the Spirit. Let's just pray over, this, over the, the camp right now. Let's just sing over this camp right now. Oh, Jesus, convict us. Bring holy conviction to this altar. Bring divine encounter to this altar today. Lift, Father God, the fear, the fear of speaking and praising you off of the children right now. Off of our own families, God. Lift the fear of what will it sound like? What will we be looked as? Oh, Jesus, bless the men. Bless the men in this church right now. Call forth the men. Father God, bless this place, Lord. I'm just reminded of Hebrews chapter 12 that our, uh, this is going to mean something for some of you. Just stay leaning in. The scriptures, Hebrews 12 says, For we have all had fathers who disciplined us for a short time as we thought they thought best. How much more will God, Father of our spirits, bring about discipline and discipleship for our profit? I feel like there's some of us in the room including myself. We need to let ourselves off the hook. We disciplined our children. You might have older children. I do. I disciplined them as a, for a short time as I thought best, but now how much more will God the Father, let's turn our children over to the Lord right now. Let's turn all of, all of us in this room, let's turn our children, let's give our children back to the Lord today. I love what Diane, Di came up here and, and just, hey, when you see me, it's new baby. That did something to me in my heart. Let's just give our children to the Lord. Oh, Father, here we are. We lend them to you, God. And those that might be a little separated, God, from you, or a lot separated, we say, Father, we discipline them for a short time as we thought best, but you now are the one. So, uh, God, we ask you to intervene with our children, from the youngest to the oldest right now. From the youngest to the oldest. 
that we let ourselves off the hook right now. We turn it over to you, God. You hijacked a meeting to let the children come to you. You had one shot at showing the children what the church ought to look like. You didn't waste it on a program. You let the children in on what the Father was doing with you, Jesus. Father, today we ask that you would allow us to hear your voice. Call us friends. All over this room right now, I pray that you would just allow the Holy Spirit to make Jesus known in your life by coming to you and saying, you're a friend of God. Holy Spirit, do it right now. Holy Spirit, make yourself known in these hearts here today. This is our first blessing. Father, right now together, as a body, we come before you and we ask you to bless the next generation of leaders, families in Canada, Lord. They bless this nation, God. We call it forth what isn't to be through the children. We ask you through this little time this week. And all the children that come into this place and churches all over the world, that they would have a spiritual appetite. Where there is no spiritual appetite, we put a blessing over them and call it to be what isn't God. Father God, bless the spiritual appetite. Shift it, Lord. Shift it, God. They're not children to you only. They're warriors. They're servants. They're leaders. They're their fathers and their mothers and Lord Jesus, their pastors, their teachers, their apostles, God, their prophets, Lord. Their leaders in the marketplace, God. You knew them before we did. You knew them before they were even with us. Before we even at the hospital called them our own. You called them your own. So we ask you, Father, to give us your thoughts this week. Give us your thoughts this week. Give us your thoughts this week. When you hugged your boy today, was it you? You brought your boy up here and you hugged him. When you hugged him, I just saw in my heart, I saw, I saw the, the divine eyes of fire and, and tongues of fire that will come from your boy uh, in the future. And, and I know that's your heart's desire. You hugged him on something, but I just saw your boy is going to really, really, really love the word. Cultivate that. Foster that. Father, we bless right now the young people that will be the group leaders, Lord. (laughs) We bless them on tonight when it looks really good, when they're not tired. Monday, Monday afternoon when they get a little bewildered, a little tired, going, what in the world? Father, Monday night when some of them are offended by some of the children not necessarily falling in line. God, strengthen them as a minister. Put a spiritual diet in their life this week as a minister so they wake up Tuesday morning and they're fresh and they hear the Word of God for their group. And Wednesday morning to Wednesday night, the last session, they hear the Word of God. Father, we dedicate and bless the the young people that will be serving and, and those over them. We bless them, God. We bless them what isn't to be, God. Go beyond their comfort zone, God. Give them faith, God. Give them a prophetic spirit. Give them a spirit of prayer. Give them a spirit of praise. Give them a spirit of faith and power. 
into the lives of the young people. And so, Father, we bless, we bless the children and these families and the families in Canada equipping their children, Lord, with spiritual hunger. We ask for that diet, God, that spiritual diet, but we ask for the hunger, God. We declare that this is a, a culture that we're creating, not a camp. We declare and bless this week as a time of equipping, putting on the armor, clothing them, equipping them, O oh God. God, pour out. Pour out, God, from the youngest to the oldest. God, pour out into every life that's represented, into every child that walks through these doors, into every helper that walks through these doors, into from the young to the old, Heavenly Father, pour out that these hands would receive and they'd go into the community and they would change. That they would walk down the streets and people would say there's something different about you. So God, I just pray that you would deposit into every single life what only you can deposit. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so we're going 